What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. And rookie season, rookie fever, all that's in full effect right now. We got Kadarius Tony in people's top fives. We got uh, Chris Sims putting Kellen Mond ahead of Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Is this how you get your sick kicks? What? It's just an ordinary crabby. Oh my goodness! Just a lot of people on Twitter that need to be drug tested, but I just want to kind of take a step back here. Let's cleanse the palate. Let me give you guys a clean top five rookie running back rankings. I'm going to keep these short and sweet, some clean analysis. I don't want to get into the, the nitty gritty. I don't want to really dive into these prospects because I have this other series going on right now where I dive in deep. And when I mean deep, I mean... If at any point you guys are fucking with the video, fucking with the content, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, and I got a Discord link down there. In, in there, if you got any trade talks, you want to, you kind of want to pick my brain about any of my rookie rankings, you got a question about the video, you maybe you want some life advice, maybe your girlfriend's giving you some problems, just go down below, join the Discord, leave a like on the video, and subscribe, man, it's free. But like I said, we're going to get a nice, like, broad look of these prospects today, so sit back, relax, grab a nice hot cup of cocoa, whatever, whatever is your drink of choice. And let's get into it. Let's go. First up on this list, the top of tier one, the creme de la creme. We have Travis Etienne, the most explosive player at the position. He's almost like the Bakugo. For any of you guys out there that watch fucking Hero Academia, you guys know. Just straight bombs. Travis Etienne, he's a threat to take it to the house every time he touches the ball. He ran a 4-4-3 in high school, and I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that he had 4-4 speed in high school. He probably has high 4-3, low 4-4. That's the thing about right now in the comp, uh, like in the process. We don't know what these players are going to run. We don't have 40 times for these players. Uh, my, I have a rookie database. It's in the Patreon. Check it out down below. My projected 40 times are based off of high school times, the buzz around the league, what they did at like their school's pro day two years ago. And you know that Clemson's fluffing up those numbers. Oh, a guy ran a 4-3-5, uh, but uh, he actually ran a 4-3-1. They just, they just chalk up the numbers by 0.05. I'm going to come out with another top five after the combine. And I know there's not going to be an actual combine, but there's going to be like a virtual one. And those, those numbers will be certified by the time we get there. Now, back to Travis Etienne's speed and what he does as like a home run hitter. He has like almost chris johnson type tendencies you know that cj2k type run style where you can get it to him in the flat you can just you can give him a handoff up the middle he's a threat to, to break it loose and this is the, the the craziest stat that i found during the whole research i've done for this video is that in 11 games he had a reception or a rush of 50 plus yards javante williams and Najee harris the the two other like premier backs of this class who i love they both only did that one time each in a college game so one more time, one more time. In case if in case of that went over your head a little bit, Travis Etienne during his four years in college had a play of 50 or more yards from scrimmage 11 times in a single game. Najee Harris and Javante Williams, both explosive players, both great players, only went over 50 yards from scrimmage in a single play in a single game one time each in their college career. And it shows you guys the type of player that Etienne is. We want guys that pop. We want guys that score touchdowns, guys that give you big splash plays because those are the big fantasy plays in fantasy football. And he profiles of that kind of back. And it's not just some fluke stat or his 40-yard dash time. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry and 7.7 .7 yards per touch in college over his entire career. He became ACC's all-time leading rush record or all-time leading rusher. So it's not a small sample size. He probably has the biggest sample size of all these guys. And he still maintained 7.2 yards per carry over his entire career, which is insane. At any point in time, you could give the man two, you could give the man the ball two times on a given drive, and it's a guaranteed first down. That kind of ability, that kind of explosiveness is insane. 
And he's not just a straight line runner. He's not just going to, you don't need to have like huge, immense gaping holes. He's not a guy that needs insane blocking. I know that Clemson's a top tier school, but they're not pumping out guys like Notre Dame is where they're they're pump, pumping out Ronnie Staley, Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson. They are a good school, but they aren't they aren't some powerhouse when it comes to the O line. They're not out here just completely busting holes wide open for him. And he, I'm not gonna say he has an insane like amount of like wiggle and juke moves, but he has really good contact balance. Like he kind of looks he kind of reminds me of Alvin Kamara in a way when he runs the ball. He just has people b- bounce off of him. He has really good balance. He maintains his momentum, and not only that, it shows on the stat sheet too. That's what we want. We want these types of plays, what we see on the tape, to translate to the advanced stats. Travis Etienne, in his entire career, averaged 4.11 yards per rush after contact, which is the most ever in the college football era. Same, or college football playoff era. It's the same difference between Etienne and number two as two and 18. That is an insane stat. The The amount of yards that he creates after contact per rush is immense. Four yards after the first guy hits off of him. In the NFL, you want guys that aren't going to go down on first contact. You don't want guys that get blown up behind the line of scrimmage. And all of this, he's a great runner. He has the home run ability. And to to kind of complete this entire picture we're painting, he's also a complete back. He had 85 catches in his last two seasons, averaging over 12 yards per reception, which is insane. At any point in time you give him the ball, he's going for a first down. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to be able to line up in the slot and catch routes like uh, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, or run routes like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. But just get him the ball in space, get him on a, on a dump route, wheel route, into the flat, check down, anything like that. Get him the ball in space, and he's just going to—he's going to be electric. He's going to make moves in space, and he's not only a great receiver, a great home run threat, a great runner, and the all-time leading rusher in the ACC. He also is is a really good running back prospect in terms of breaking out at an early age. As a freshman in college, he had 823 yards from scrimmage and 13 touchdowns on a top five Clemson team. We want players that produce early. Uh, we want guys that have the early breakout age, the guys that break out as a freshman, because if you can come onto a team at 18 years old and dominate against other 20 and 21 year old players, that holds a lot more weight to me than if a guy comes out and he breaks out as a senior and he dominates against 20 and 21 year olds. That's cool, but we want the player that that ex- excels against like really good competition. And not only that, if he if he breaks out as an 18 year old against other 21 year olds and he comes into the league as a 20, 21 year old, he's gonna excel against other 25, 26 year olds. It's just indi- indicative of his future success. So I love his all purpose skill set. I love his speed. The only real questions now, let me let me take a step back, you know. I'm kind of I'm kind of in love with Travis Etienne, the prospect, but I will say we don't have the combine yet. Like I said, we I need that official weigh-in because right now he's also at 510, 205, which is really really on the edge of workhorse every down skill set type vibes if he weighs in at 210 215 he's gonna be my rb1 by a lot but if he weighs in that 195 200 pound range now we're looking at a satellite plus back like austin eckler and that's when you move him down austin eckler great in his own right but he's not a stone rb1 saquon barkley jonathan taylor deandre swift looking type guy i know some of you guys just heard me talk about travis Etienne and number one and i know a lot of you guys have Najee harris at number one i know the consensus is Najee harris at number one i'm gonna step back and say real quick I love Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is a great running back prospect. I think he's a great running back. There's, It's no knock on him that he's number two. It's a super close gap. They're not only back-to-back in my rookie rankings, but they're back-to-back in my dynasty rankings too. It's They're really not too far off. In a perfect world, if ET, or I mean, if Najee Harris gets first-round draft capital and he runs a 4-5, he might be my RB1. It's just that I have some questions about his top-end speed. I'm not sure. Maybe he's a 4-6 guy. Maybe he's like a 4-6-2, 4-6-3 guy. And I'm not saying that definitively he could completely go out there run a four or five run a four five two and it wouldn't surprise me if he does that 
then he's my RB1. I just need him to to answer those questions that I have when I when I watch him on film. Just to be clear, I'm not a certified film guy. I would consider myself an analytics guy, but I would say I'm probably like 80% analytics, 20% film. I I I, I watch the the highlights or the the game film the uh from time to time on these prospects, especially like the top end guys like a Najee Harris. I love especially Najee Harris. He's really fun to watch. He has the trucking ability. He's hurdling guys on the field. He's really fun to watch. He looks like uh, he looks kind of like what Eddie Lacy was supposed to be coming out of Alabama. But the the major drawbacks I have as to why he's number two on my list, he doesn't break a lot of big runs. He turns out yards, which is cool. But I need him, like I said, I just have that question mark of his 40-yard dash. He gets caught from behind a couple times. He can break tackles and catch, but so could David Montgomery. And he's 23 years old and didn't break out until his junior season, even though he was a five-star recruit. He was supposed to be, come in, be the man. And I know that he was in there with Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, cats like that. But uh, I I still just can't say that he was the a freshman breakout like Travis Etienne. I want a guy that comes in and really dominates. But the things I love about his profile is his size and his his size as a receiver. The only running backs in my database with over 27 receptions in a single season were 205 pounds or left. This fucking guy, Najee Harris, is 6'2", 230 pounds of twisted steel. The guy is a grown-ass man, and he looks like Le'Veon Bell, Steven Jackson. These are big, physical backs that can also catch passes and do something with it. Steven Jackson had 44 catches in his last season at Oregon State. These are guys that are big, physical backs with legit receiving games, and the, the biggest pro of that is you never have to take him off the field. It, with Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, he's a he's a he's a thinner guy. Like I said, Najee Harris, if he kills it at the combine, he gets that first round draft capital. He gets drafted if he gets drafted before Travis Etienne, he's my RB one. The thing about Travis Etienne is on the goal line, some people might be hesitant with that. Some people might be hesitant to slam him between the tackles, you know. But with a Najee Harris goal line, short yard situation, uh, first and ten, all of these are going to go to Najee Harris. Third down situation, he can pass block, he can catch out of the backfield, all of that. He's an all purpose skill set back that I don't see them ever taking him off the field unless he comes into a situation like David Montgomery did or you have Tariq Cohen in that backfield, but he profiles as an every down running back as far as I'm concerned. Javante Williams is the last running back I have in tier one, and he might be my favorite running back of tier one, just in terms of, of really loving the way that he looks on the field and loving what his prospect profile is. If he kills the combine, remember, like I said, we need, like when I say the combine, I just mean like the virtual combine, whatever his like regional pro day is, whatever he does, whatever his official 40 time, that's what matters to me. So when all these guys have their official times and we really see what we're what we're working with with these guys, then I can really break down what these players are. The only thing that matters for right now without combine stuff is honestly the tiers. Like these are we're splitting hairs here debating who's one, two, and three. But Javante Williams, like I said, he's one of my favorite guys. He he was the only underclassman of tier one. He's 21 years old, full two years younger than Najee Harris. We want youth with these running backs. Even if he's not quite the running back that Najee Harris is. Remember, running backs, they fall off a cliff once they're 26, 27. Remember, think Melvin Gordon. Think Le'Veon Bell. I know that we have the Derrick Henrys of the world out there, but most running backs fall off the cliff by terms of 26. Todd Gurley's out there too. David Johnson. So when you get Najee Harris into the league at 23, we're talking fourth year of that rookie deal. He's heading on the back end of his prime by then. And it's that's that's just straight facts. Like If anybody wants to check me on that, I can put it in the comments. But the, the running back age apex is 26. That's where the, the peak is. And then by age 26, that's when a running back starts to decline. And when a running back declines, it's a it's a steep, steep cliff. We've seen that type of... Uh, we've seen Le'Veon Bell just completely go out of his prime. He can't, he can't even... Once uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was off the field for the Chiefs, he literally couldn't even earn a carry. But back to Javante Williams. The, the best part about him is the thickness, the hey, size. Yo! He's got that voluptuous, voluptuous shape. You know, 5'10", 220. 
just a full-on man. He has the second highest BMI of this class. He runs super physical. He reminds me of Darius Geis. He lowers his shoulder. He runs people over. Guy, he's just a wrecking ball. He kind of looks like Eddie Lacy. I know they just made that comparison with Najee Harris, but they're both those big type of physical backs. And I, I want to make it clear, Javante Lawrence looks like Eddie Lacy before Eddie Lacy got big, you know, when he had the eating problems. And it, it's not only does it show on the screen, but it shows in the advanced stats, which again, we love to see it. He led the NCAA in force missed tackles per carry last season with 0.48 per carry, pretty much forcing a missed tackle every other carry, which is again, what we want. We want guys that don't need to have the widest of wide running lanes to make a play. We want a guy that can just get out in space, make a man miss and get a nice chunk play. He's a great pure runner. He's also an elite pass catcher. He had 25 receptions in his final season, which doesn't really compare to Travis Etienne's 48 and Najee Harris's 43. But here's the thing. You have to remember, he did it on 12.2 yards per reception, so he's not just taking dump passes. I, I've seen him catch passes down the field on post routes, on Texas routes. But the thing is, he had 25 receptions with Michael Carter in the backfield. Michael Carter is a guy that I have around like RB7, RB8. He's kind of like a Gio Bernard type guy. He's a, a receiving back plus, kind of like an Austin Eckler. And when you can get 25 receptions in the same backfield as a guy that's also getting 20 to 25 receptions per season, then at that point, I can I can trust that you're a great cast, uh, pass catcher because you're replacing a Gio Bernard level receiving back in passing situations. So when you, when you break down the fact that he was competing with Michael Carter, you can kind of forgive 25 receptions, even though 25 receptions is a great number to have. I, I just think that it holds even more weight knowing Michael Carter was back there. And another thing that we have to account for with Michael Carter is Javante Williams didn't have a true breakout until his third year, but that doesn't worry me much because like I said, Michael Carter was an elite college running back. He's not an elite college. He's not an elite prospect, but he was an elite running back. So I can kind of Take that for what it is. You know, Javante was not going to come in there as a sophomore and completely replace a great running back in Michael Carter. And on the flip side of that, there's less tread on Javante Williams' tires. You know, he didn't have the the insane amount of workload that some of these running backs carry. So he's going to be a little bit more fresher in the legs. He's not going to get hurt as much. And the main question mark when it comes to Javante Williams, I love Javante Williams' profile. I think that he's a great running back. It just comes down to his athleticism. Just like with Najee Harris, I'm not sure if he is... Um, I'm not sure if he's Steven Jackson, Le'Veon Bell, you know, freak athlete type guys, or if he's David Montgomery. And David Montgomery, don't get me, don't get me wrong, David Montgomery's great. But even now, when you look back at that 2017, or no, I think it was like 2019 draft class, I'm not sure that he was in the same tier as a Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs. He he's in that next tier, especially with like third round draft capital. That's what I could see for Javante Williams if he doesn't run well. The lone running back in tier two is gonna be Jamar Jefferson. I'm not gonna go too deep into his profile because I'm Dropping a series I'm going to do every week where I highlight one rookie profile that I think is getting slept on in rookie drafts right now. And that happened to be Jamar Jefferson last week. Now, I will cover it really quickly, but make sure if you want an in-depth analysis of that, make sure you go check out that video. I'll put it in the description down below. But to me, he's the Cam Makers of this draft class. He's 5'10", 217, looks just like Cam Makers. I think he's getting slept on in that same tier where, you know, you had Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards, DeAndre Swift. Then you had Cam Makers and J.K. Dobbins. And Cam Makers ended up being a damn good running back. I think the same thing's going to happen for Jamar Jefferson. He's just not getting talked about as much as he should be right now. He had 15 yards for scrimmage and 25 receptions as a true freshman. He profiles as a do-it-all back. He's going to the 210 and Superflex drafts right now. I have him as the 111. And I could easily move him into Tier 1 if he tests well. Moving into Tier 3, we have probably the toughest evaluation of all the running backs. We have Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. He reminds me of that Bryce Love type college profile where he balls out, almost wins a damn Heisman, could have been a top 50 pick in the NFL draft. Then he comes back to Stanford, underperforms, tore his ACL, and now he sucks. Trooper Hubbard did kind of the same 
type of thing. He had 2,000 yards rushing, 21 touchdowns on the ground in 2019, was balling the fuck out. Then he follows that up with seven games for 677 yards from scrimmage and six touchdowns with an ankle injury that forced him to sit out the rest of the season. I really don't even know what to make of his profile. Uh, if he had just, if he just sat out the season, this, if he just sat out this season and said, fuck it, I'm just going to opt out because of the COVID stuff. He'd probably be borderline tier one for me when you come back and you go from averaging like 175 yards per game to like 98 and you only play seven games and you suck this bad. He went from 6.5 yards per touch to 4.8. He just tanked his draft stock. It's not even so much that I've given up on him. I just know teams are going to give up on him. I know I know he's probably going to go third round. And I think third round is being optimistic. I think he probably goes fourth or fifth round, maybe even sixth round. The NFL, I think that they're going to be out on Chuba Hubbard after this year. So now you just have to sort of decide. He needs to run well. He needs to get the draft capital. And then even then, are we dealing with 2019 Chuba Hubbard or 2020 Chuba Hubbard? It, it's super tough to say. He's easily the biggest boomer bust guy at running back in this draft class. His upside is massive. He's six foot, 208. He ran track at OSU. He should run a 4-4-40. He looks like Lamar Miller slash Tevin Coleman, which isn't amazing, but he's still capable of fringe RB1 seasons in the NFL. And that's that's being conservative. You know, I could give him like the Chris Johnson. I could give him uh, some sort of crazy p- comparison. It feels like a lot of people have the comparisons to guys who are like fucking all pros and Hall of Famers. I think we're going to be conservative or we're taking into the account what he did in college. I think Lamar Miller, Tevin Coleman is about right. He also had 22 receptions out of the backfield as a true freshman. So he has that three down skill set. Just depends on his uh, combine, depends on the draft capital, and it depends on uh, how the NFL views what he did in 2019 as opposed to what he did in 2020. If you made it all the way to the end of the video and you're watching the outro, man, I truly, truly appreciate it. Make sure you go down below, leave a like, subscribe. Make sure you join the Discord, man. I'm probably going to cut it off at like 50 members, 100 members. I'm not sure yet, but join the Discord. We're going to have subscriber leagues in there. If you have any trade questions, you can drop them in there. Any sort of Dynasty-related stuff, if you just want me to look over your roster, you can put them in there as well. I also have my Patreon down below, which has my rookie database, which has my rankings, all that kind of stuff in the Patreon down below. It's only like five bucks a month. I was going to have my seasonal rankings and all that stuff. It's pretty much just going to be an all-in express package for any type of content, any type of rankings that I'm putting out ever. And in there, you can ask me exclusive questions. Pretty much like a the it's pretty much like a fantasy football only fans where you can just you can really get straight to the source if you want to talk to me. Uh, now, as always, man, I love you guys. I love the community we're building. Thank you so much for 550 subscribers. That's where we're at as of today. Make sure you follow me at Ron Stewart underscore on Twitter, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Okay, me and my two n- be like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I'm Zach, you AC, or Jesse and Kelly. I pull up to your hood, just let me know when you ready. I'm rolling up the gloves in the face, be headed. Mm-hmm. Hold on, chill out, please give me a second. I'm drowsy off of